Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had men and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer. Because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects, vast and cool and unsympathetic, regarded our planet with.
with envious eyes. Perception is the key, and the heart yeah. is the solution. Heart perception will change everything. I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM. If you'd like to contact us, you can email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com. Find us on social media at facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. And check out the website www.thesecretteachings.info where you can find our full show archive, the montages, my books, and more. That's www.thesecretteachings.info. You can also go to the network website, thefringe.fm to check out the lineup of shows and other information at thefringe.fm. You can also download the Fringe FM app for your phone, whether you have Apple or another kind of phone. It is free, and there is a feature on there where you can send us messages, and you can also click on some of the past broadcasts of both The Secret Teachings and other shows. So it's kind of like an in-demand, little tiny archive in that free Fringe FM app. And we also have a small free archive on the website at thesecretteachings.info. I thought back on Halloween yesterday, and I was really deciding, you know, what kind of show we should do on Monday. And uh, so we did a show called Synth City, Digital Replicant, about this, what looks like a well-mapped-out plan to catalog all organic life on planet Earth, like this is some science fiction movie, and then to replicate it and create a synthetic version of it and replace organic life with synthetic life. And the remnants of organic life that are left, for whatever reason, remaining on the planet will be merged with the synthetic life to create cyborg like synth-like humanoid creatures, animal creatures, something to that effect. Kind of like, uh, you know, something from Star Wars almost. You know, like half machine, half man. But but, but even more machine, even more mechanical, more synthetic. So you look at like the Human Genome Project and brain mapping initiatives and the Biogenome Project. And there are others as well that have led to the creations of uh, synthetic brains and synthetic genomes and plants and artificial intelligence and even synthetic humans to some extent with genetic alteration. And all of this comes together. If you put it together, these are isolated things, but if you put them together, it looks like there's an attempt being made to replace organic life with synthetic life Back in 2016, there was even a discussion at Harvard Medical School about creating a synthetic genome. We talked about that last night. And we know Ray Kurzweil from Google said that nanobots are going to infuse all the matter around us with information, from rocks and trees to everything. All of the stuff that is fused with these nanobots will become uh, part of a, a network, a synthetic neural network, a synthetic artificial form of consciousness. He says rocks, trees, everything will become these intelligent computers. And then you have Samsung's digital sub-reality called 6G, 
in their own white paper. And they want to create digital replicants of humans, of places, and insert you, I guess, as a consciousness. I'm not exactly sure how they define it into this virtual simulation. I, you know, I, I know if you, you just turn the radio dial and you tune into this show, like I listen to other radio shows sometimes and I'm like, wow, that person has no idea what they're talking about. And they're just kind of rambling on about something they saw on YouTube. Like everything I'm presenting you is backed up by a news article or it's backed up by a book written by someone like Ray Kurzweil from Google. We talked about the army having differentiated between brain waves so they can identify certain brain waves that do certain things that are kind of multitasking and they can isolate them and they can manipulate them to create better super soldiers. And that was an article in the last three, three weeks, maybe two weeks, uh, army.mil. Uh, there's a, a, a Psychology Today article, new, new, uh, new Neuroscience Study Accelerates Bionic Brain Potential, and they talk about using optogenetics to create real-time communication between synthetic and biological neuronal networks. So this is a merge with machines. This is a merge with an artificial form of consciousness. And with things like what Julian Assange called evil dust and smart dust and all this stuff, it's, it's in the environment. It's already those little nanobots inf- basically infusing everything around us with, with this artificial information in the sense that everything is information. But when you fuse it with other forms of information, artificial packets of information, then it becomes almost like a programmable form of matter. It becomes synthetic and it becomes malleable to its programming. Humans included in this. Humans are obviously programmable just like animals are programmable by simple Pavlovian tests. But we're talking about using electrocuticles, using tiny microchips to hijack the body, and no one would have any clue what's happening. And this is all stuff published by Berkeley Laboratory, UC Berkeley. It's published by the military. It's published on computerworld.com just like standard computer websites like they've all they've been talking about this for 20 years and that's just the neural dust and you can pull it up on Berkeley's website uh, Julian Assange again warned about that so you have all this stuff what we talked about last night and uh, I was thinking about Halloween because on Halloween I I realized the night of Halloween when we had the uh, fringe fest here on the fringe which was really fun I realized I didn't really do a Halloween show and now this week is Thanksgiving in the United States, which Thanksgiving has a has a number of meanings to it, uh, both in the United States and around the world. There are other countries that have versions of Thanksgiving or the giving of thanks. That's what any feast, any holy, any holiday is all about. And I was, as the intro was playing tonight, I was thinking, well, if I don't do a show on Thanksgiving tonight, I'm going to have to do one tomorrow. Or otherwise, I'm going to kind of miss, or I mean, I could, I could do one Thursday, but Maybe I'll do one Wednesday and Thursday. But these other topics are really, really critical. And I almost, I already have a Thanksgiving show planned. I almost just wanted to switch to Thanksgiving, but I already put up the promo for tonight. We'll do something Thanksgiving related tomorrow. Uh, But unique, uniquely Thanksgiving, not just like, well, the pilgrims did this. 
you know, that's that's boring. We got to put a, a little twist on it and learn some new stuff about it and the symbols and the unicorns and uh, unicorns are an important part of Thanksgiving too. If you didn't know that, they're also mentioned in the Bible. But we'll talk about Thanksgiving tomorrow night. So I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, I want to continue talking about the, the synthetic world that is being built on top of the organic world. And then I thought, well, I want to talk about that, but there's, no, there's so much other stuff, which is why I didn't get to get to do a Halloween show. And then I have these other articles on my desk about the Boy Scouts and uh, Operation Stolen Innocence, which was a sex trafficking network in Florida that was just busted after a two-year operation. Uh, there was the recent story in Ohio. Like this, These are just consistent reports over and over and over and over and over again of, I guess you could call them like minor human trafficking networks. They're not minor to the people involved, but minor in the sense like they don't have the, the backing or the sanctioning of like the federal government or some shadow group or, you know, some billionaire like Claire Bronfman, the Nexium cult. These are just like some people that are looking to make money or they're themselves looking to abuse children. And as I was thinking about that, I was, I was looking at a lot of other news and uh, a bunch of stuff came to my attention and, uh, I'm going to put together kind of like a, a collage of subjects tonight. And I want to start here on this Guardian article, but now it's all over the internet. I saw it last night. I didn't mention it. I should have, and I had some listeners send this to me, and you can email me at rdgable at yahoo.com. Helicopter pilot finds strange monolith in remote part of Utah. Did you guys see this? A mysterious monolith has been discovered in a remote part of Utah after being spotted by state employees counting sheep from a helicopter. The structure is 10 feet and 12 feet high, somewhere around there, appeared to be planted in the ground. It was made from some sort of metal. It shine in sharp contrast to the enormous red rocks which surrounded it. And the Utah Highway Patrol shared some images of this. And you can see it looks like a like a very shiny metal, like something space-agey. So it obviously looks like, you know, something from Space Odyssey, right? Well, that remember that monolith in a Space Odyssey, what it represents? It represents this, like, uh, this trigger of transition in, in human history and uh, human evolution. Uh, the evolution of humans from these, like, ape-like creatures to being a civilized people. So... A space odyssey, it's like an adventure, an odyssey. I mean, you guys know the movie. So the monolith represents like this kind of like this forced or this initiated, this triggered transition in human evolution. And it's a, you know, a black, if you watched, uh, what was that movie with Johnny Depp? The uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory or something where they had, there was like a, like a replica scene of a space odyssey in that movie, and they turn the monolith into a chocolate bar. So that monolith, that black monolith, and what, I think they found, what, three of them in the space odyssey or something like that. They found three monoliths in the solar system, and then it created this, this, um, this evolution of humans coming into contact with these things. Well, 
if you have a, a cell phone, maybe you downloaded the Fringe FM app on it, you have a cell phone, and you put that cell phone down on your desk, and just look at it for a second, it kind of looks like a, I mean, if it's a black cell phone especially, it kind of looks like a little monolith. And if you have a, a black iPhone, it really looks like a monolith. Like I, I, I've only had three iPhones in my life, and the, the one I have now is a 4, it's like a 4E or something, 4C, 4, I don't know what it is. It's really, really old, and I've just been putting off buying a new one because I don't want, even if I go, get like a second second-hand one that's, when people upgrade, they sell their phones real cheap. Even if I was going to get one of those, I don't want to spend the money on it. But even if I got one of these phones, like I just don't want to upgrade. I want to be like the furthest possible behind before the network shuts me off and it's not compatible anymore. I just don't like the the, the rapid transition of um, certain forms of technology in the sense that I don't think giving this kind of technology to people give it to their children or they themselves, they, they buy these things because, oh, it's just cool. But it, it, it's almost as if, you know, you're like, a, you're like one of these monkeys in a space odyssey. And here's the monolith. And then it creates this evolution to human civilization as we know it and beyond. But these monoliths are not creating, like they're not triggering an evolution that is taking us to a better place. They've triggered a, a reversal, a de-evolution. I mean, there are physical conditions now that have been recognized by by physicians and others. I'm guessing chiropractors too, like medical doctors, chiropractors, because people are staring at their cell phones so much that they've actually developed what they call text neck. So their ne- their neck is you know bent down, and it creates back problems, uh, posture problems. And I'm, I don't have the best posture myself, but it's not from looking at the cell phone. And of course, the blue light, we know what that does to your eyes. And we just are entranced by these things. And we don't look away from them even when we're around other human beings. We're, we're usually, you see a group of people at a table or something, and they're all looking at their cell phones. Having a conversation, looking at the cell phone. Like, I understand if you take a business call or something, that's an important text message, but it's triggering like a de-evolution. And it's, it's kind of uh, eerie that a lot of these phones, they look like little monoliths, or at least they can represent that. But again, instead of triggering, a, I guess what you could say is a positive evolutionary cycle or transition, it's creating a, a de-evolutionary cycle or transition. So you've got this monolith out in Utah, which is interesting, and it's probably pretty man-made. But it made me think like it made a lot of other people think of a space odyssey, right? And, uh, you know, the contrast between this, this silver object and the rocks around it, uh, it looks like it would be in like a Ridley Scott movie or something. It looks very alien. And I'm sure there's going to be there's going to be somebody on YouTube like, we've got inside information. Aliens planted this in Utah. Probably not, but uh, probably not. <laughs> But it makes us think of what that monolith represents, this triggering transition in human evolution. And I think it's our technology, well, phones more so, that have triggered this evolution. 
Because what happens in a couple of months, if you've been paying attention even poorly, what happens in a couple of months when the Great Reset activates in 2021? What happens in a couple of months when people like Klaus Schwab at the World Economic Forum perhaps become better known than he is right now because it's going to be a, well, a global reset, a great reset that he says will lead to a fusion of our physical, digital, and biological identity. And the way that that's going to happen is by having something we talked about back in May from Forbes magazine. I pulled this article, Future Air Travel is going to include four-hour processes um, or less, self-check-in, disinfection, and an immunity pass. And that immunity pass now, which at the time was, oh, that's speculation. That is not going to happen. Oh, no, it's happening. In fact, the airline industry is already processing methods to implement COVID-19 vaccine uh, travel passes or passports. And they say, well, we're going to start with international travel. That's what the International Air Transport Association said it's going to do. It's in the final development phase of mobile digital passport apps that would tell airlines if international travelers had been vaccinated against COVID-19. So I want you to listen listen to this headline from Yahoo!, the airline industry begins to plan COVID-19 vaccination passports for international travel. It says they begin to plan, begin to plan. Well, that's different than what the International Air Transport Association, IETA, said on Monday this week. They said, quote, it's in the final development phase. Well, how can it be in the final development phase if you've just began to plan it? Unless it's already been developed and you're like, we're going to start. All right, we're done. So the headline is so that you're not afraid. It's to make you feel maybe a little safe or if you were worried about a travel pass, a multi-pass, you know, multi-pass, then it's really okay, you know, don't worry about it. It's not going to happen yet. It's just for international travelers. Well, actually, no, it's, it's not for international travelers only. It will be for everybody, but for domestic flights. But the airline industry is beginning to plan it. And then by the time I scroll from the headline through the picture to the first paragraph, it's in the final development phase. See how they do that? So you have the travel pass passport for vaccine certification. You've been vaccinated to fly. And this whole process, like if you've been to the airlines, you've been to an airport, you've flown in the last couple of years, a lot of people do this digital ticket thing. Uh, even if you go to a sporting event, and they'll just scan your phone. And I don't think it's really unique to observe that what's happening here is that your phone has become your everything. Your phone is has every detail of your life, your contacts. It records things that you type and then delete. So if you typed a text message and deleted it or If you typed an email and deleted it, or if you typed a search into the internet and deleted it, some search engine, probably even DuckDuckGo and others, it records all of that. It has all that information, and it's sending it to you know the phone company, the the the, like Apple, or it's sending it to AT and T, Verizon, 
they're transferring it. It's just this giant web of data. And the data is what's important because the data is being used to process the structure and the code for this synthetic reality, for this biological transition to a synthetic world. And this transition is not a transition of evolution forward for humanity. It's a transition backwards of de-evolution for humanity. But the continued assimilation of organic life into a synthetic system, which would make anyone, whether you've read science fiction or not, or you know watched Star Trek or Star Wars or something like that, might start to think, well, I don't know how natural this is. This seems very, very synthetic. Like, not the, the, the things that are being done, but those that are doing them. And, and I get it, you know, like, technocrats want complete control through technology. And I think that's where much of it lies. But there's a little bit more than that. And it's almost like the technology, the phones, have been given to us as these individual monoliths that are triggering a de-evolution in the human species. We're going to talk about that tonight right here on The Secret Teachings. Check out the website at thesecretteachings.info, rdgable at yahoo.com. Stay with us. There's more after this right here on The Fringe FM. the fringe check out the fringe.fm for more information on your favorite shows also don't forget to check out the fringe mobile app or the other ways you can tune in through the paranormal radio app and talk stream live where the normal and paranormal collide it's the fringe fm if you'd like to hear more of the secret teachings if you missed a show or part of a show Sign up to the ever-expanding archive at thesecretteachings.info. When you subscribe for a month or year, you get access to the full show archive to every show after it airs. You can download and stream unlimited episodes and share your login with friends or family. With your subscription, you can also get access on the website to all of Ryan's digital books and the ever-growing montage archive. Just visit thesecretteachings.info and click on the Donate Subscribe tab at the top of the page. Use the secure PayPal link and start your membership today. By subscribing, you support The Secret Teachings, The Fringe FM, Ryan, and yourself. Alex Exum. My name is Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. 
so you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on 24-7 with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes app store. Why listen to the Fringe FM? We are your number one source for talk radio. The mainstream media won't touch. Joe Root brings you everything occult with Lighting the Void. Ryan Gables shatters paradigms with esoteric knowledge on the secret teachings. Gigi and Cortana explore the inner workings of our reality with Shift Happens. Jess of the Rogue Report brings you years of research to explore the hidden facts behind alternative topics. And myself, Alex Exum of Live Talk, the so-called Joker in the deck. We are the fringe fm this is the secret teachings to contact the show to share information and your opinion or give recommendations email rdgable at yahoo.com visit the facebook page at facebook.com slash the secret teachings or our website the secret teachings.info this is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, somewhere between the normal and paranormal. A collection of question marks. No reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare. Right here on the Fringe FM. This is Kev Baker of the Kev Baker Show. You can find me at Truth Frequency Radio or on my home website, www.kevbakershow.com. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. The truth is out there, and so are we. KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Ryan Gable, and you're listening to the Secret Teachings Radio on the Fringe FM. You can find the show Monday through Friday, same time each night. We might be actually going back an hour or two, working on the scheduling here on the Fringe. I'm not exactly sure what's going on with that, but we'll definitely let you know way ahead of time if something like that happens. But until then, and even then, five nights a week right here on the Fringe. I had a lot of people send me this article about a mysterious monolith discovered out in Utah. It was discovered by state employees that were counting sheep from a helicopter. And this is a very strange-looking metallic structure about 10 to 12 feet high. So it's very, very large. It's, it looks small in the picture. Like you could just walk up and it's maybe like knee high. But this thing is 10 to 12 foot high. And I guess they just, I don't know how they got that much of of a you know a difference in height maybe they estimate some of it's underground but it looks like something that as hundreds or thousands of people have pointed out on social media it looks like something from a space odyssey right it looks like this monolithic structure 
that represents this symbolic uh, triggering of human evolution from ape-like beings to a civilized people. If you've seen a space odyssey, uh, of course you know all about it. But this monolith out in Utah, it's just, uh, it has a very similar feel to it if you've watched a space odyssey. And that's probably why whoever put this thing out there did it. They were just a big space odyssey fan. Maybe it's something different. I'm sure there are going to be people with no evidence of anything one way or another who will say, this is proof aliens are here. They're trying to trigger our evolution. They're trying to make us better. You know, like the Stephen Greer aliens that are all good. There's no bad aliens. So that's the whole alien UFO um, theology, this dogma, which is very theological, and it, it has the same... It has the same feeling and the same kind of uh, religious-like ideas of, of raptures and being saved and going to heaven or hell, uh, ascending. It's all this, really the same thing. But you don't have to look out in the middle of nowhere in Utah to find this monolith. And, uh, I mean, granted, if, 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 <laughs> if you, like, you started... You started seeing these things like pop up all over the earth and it was clear that it wasn't like a copycat or some some uh, group or organization or some kids or something. I mean, kids didn't put this out in the desert. This was like like a metallurgist, someone who knows how to work with metal or they bought this thing and they stuck it out there. But it seems really weird like why you would stick it out in the middle of the desert unless this whole thing's a publicity stunt or something for the Utah, I don't know, for like the Utah... Uh, state authorities I, I i i'm i'm just i'm just kind of talking in circles around this little monolith thing but you have monoliths that are probably in your pocket right now that are probably on the dashboard of your car or your truck or that are in your bag and as you most of you know it's it's a cellular phone that is the monolith that is the triggering device Except it's not triggering a forward evolution for the human spirit and the human will and the human soul. It's triggering a de-evolutionary change. And it is cutting the physical world off from the spirit and the soul, from the consciousness. And it is taking our gaze towards heaven... And even feeble attempts to build the Tower of Babel. And it is focusing it face down on this black mirror screen. That when it goes dark, the screen itself as a black mirror. That has traditionally been used to scry and view into the future like a crystal ball and crystallomancy or some other form of divinatory practice like bibliomancy, electromancy, etc. That screen is the black monolith from a space odyssey. And for those of you who might have the classic black Apple phone, I don't know what other phones look like. I'm not really interested in phones, but if you have like the classic black Apple phone, which I have an old one, and the phone I have now is like a four, which people laugh at me. They're like, how is this thing still functioning? Like, I don't know how this thing's functioning, but I'm going to ride it until it completely collapses 
and then I guess I'll upgrade. Maybe I want, I want to get one of those AARP phones, you know, with the big let the big numbers and letters. And you get those. <clears throat> I don't know if you can get them for the same price as the senior citizens, but I want one of those, like the old school flip phone. I know it tracks you, and it's just not the same as a so-called smartphone. But the phone itself, like if you have a black iPhone, it looks like a monolith from a space odyssey. Thin, black, kind of shiny. You can peer into it, and it, it's triggered this evolutionary change in humanity. And it has led us into this black mirror, into this, this underworld, where even if we know, hey, I should put this phone down, hey, I shouldn't be scrolling through this, hey, this is not good for my eyes, for my, for my, my hearing, my senses, like the way that we connect ourselves with these devices, the way that we listen to things, the way that we watch things. It's, it's hijacking the brain. It's hijacking the senses. It's hijacking our will where we're unable to break away. It's like we're being pulled into this abyss, knowing that we're being pulled into the abyss. But the devil is whispering in our ear, convenience, convenience, convenience. You know, the, 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 those chemical rushes in the brain when you get a like on social media, just like Sean Parker said, Facebook exploits a, a basic vulnerability in human psychology. And that's how any good advertising works, but this is beyond advertising. And the phone is kind of like the gateway, is what it really is. It's a gateway into these other worlds, into these other, I guess you could call them dimensions or locas, into these other planes of existence where the, the, the physical repercussions of utilizing these little black monoliths are that we have text neck, we have bad backs. This is a real clinical diagnosis now, and it's been like this for a while, for years. When I wrote my book, The Technological Elixir, which I guess a lot of people know what elixir means. It just it means like the elixir is like the elixir of life, right? The thing that saves us and makes us healthy, and and that's what technology is is promised by those who give it to us to do. It's supposed to make us, you know, happier and save us from ourselves or something and it's just it's a false promise it's a false you know positive it's not really positive it's a false positive like most covid tests or like a lot of testing that don't test for actual viruses just genetic material so that's what the phone essentially represents it's a gateway into these other worlds into these other dimensions where not only do we have the physical repercussions of the text neck and the 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 the, the eye problems and the sleep problems which you're looking at this phone, you have these these sleep problems because you can't sleep or because you're so anxious. I mean, this taxes and weighs on the body severely. Um, when I, what I was saying is I wrote my book, The Technological Elixir. In that book, I had a, a little section on text neck. And um, I haven't heard a lot more about it since I, I wrote that little section in the book. But you don't have to really listen to a, a physician or a chiropractor to see this. Like, you can see people walking around with their heads straight down in the phone. So it's taken our glance, our, our desire, like our, what, ma- what make you think about like what makes, if you're thinking about the United States, but you could think of other countries too. You could think of just humans. Like you could think of, of, of the human species and our desire to move on and to move past and to grow and to build and to trailblaze and to pioneer things, Right. And it's taken that glance, that, that look, that desire upward. We've always looked upward to God. We've looked upward 
some people look upward to aliens. We've looked upward to the stars for meaning and for, for understanding. We've looked up to the heavens for, for uh, protection, to, to, to be saved, to be provided for. We look up to the heavens for all these things. But now phones have got us looking down. And they have us not only looking down, but staring down and in a trance. And the only time you put your phone up and you look up is when you want your phone to tell you what constellation that is. So we don't even look at the stars. We don't even communicate with the gods. We don't look at the heavens in the same way with our eyes. We don't look at them with our souls. We look at them through this monolithic gateway, this arbitrator between the heavens and man. We look at them through our phone, through the black mirror, peering into this synthetic virtual world. And everything we talked about last night, from brain mapping to the Human Genome Project to the Biogenome Project and the creation of all these synthetic systems like synthetic genomes and artificial intelligence and neural dust and smart dust and creating these digital sub-realities like Samsung wants to do and then plugging humans into it and saying in their own white papers that machines will run it. This isn't merely, or so as far as I see it, it doesn't seem like it is merely natural technological progression forward. And then this is where we're at. It, It seems very, very, very artificial. And I think there's more than just an analogy between the monolith in a space odyssey and the monolith that is your cell phone or your tablet or whatever other black mirror you stare into, what other devices you you utilize in the same way that you utilize your phone. And I know that when you talk about these kinds of things, people get uncomfortable because of the kind of the underlying implication that you're saying I'm a bad person for using my phone. It's like, no, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is it's actually kind of the opposite. It's like, all of us, including myself, I'll, I have this old phone, but I'll find myself just sitting on the edge of the bed. I keep my phone in the other room, but like in the morning, if I heard it vibrate or something at night, I'll go grab it just to see if anybody texted me, if it's an emergency. I get so many messages, it's overwhelming. So I pick up the phone and I'll sit down on the edge of the bed and I'll be, I'll be there for like 15 minutes. And I just, it feels like I was there for 10 seconds. Like that was my intention to check it. And then I find myself scrolling through emails or scrolling through Facebook. And I'm like, why am I on here? And then I get up and I put my phone down and I have to straighten out my back and my neck because I'm staring down at this thing. I mean, and that's just me. And I, I, I'm aware of it and I don't want to do it, but it's there and it draws you in and it pulls you down. I don't think anything could be more symbolic of, of the de-evolution of, of man as a physical being, but also the de-evolution of spirit in a sense, pulling man closer to Malkuth, to the very bottom of the tree, than a device that literally forces you to look down, pulls you and entrances you and entraps you in this downward gaze into this black hole. And that's ultimately what it is that we're looking into. We're looking into a black hole. We're looking into an abyss. And inside of this abyss come all the demons. Come all the horrible creatures 
come all of the terrible, nightmarish things that you read about in the Bible and other ancient texts. When the abyss is opened up and these monstrous creatures come up through the abyss, Revelations 9-2, and the opening of the bottomless pit, and smoke went up out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace, and the sun and the air were darkened by the smoke of the pit. Revelation 9-11, they have as king over them the angel of the abyss. His name in Hebrew is Abaddon. And in the Greek, he has the name Apollyon, the king over them. In terms of analogy, your Googles and your Facebooks and your AT&Ts, the, the, the entire telecommunications and the entire technical, like technology, social media, all these industries, they, they are basically the kings of our reality that they manufacture and create the synthetic realities through the controlling of information. We talked about that last night before the implementation of like synthetic replacements for organic life. There's a synthetic replacement for organic thought, for free thought. It's eliminated and crushed. And synthetic thought, synthetic realities becomes the norm. It becomes the only thought. It becomes the only reality. And these are the kings that rule over our reality. They, they are the angels of the abyss. And the name of this king, the name of this angel, is known as Abaddon, is known as Apollyon. And if you know anything about Abaddon or if you know anything about Apollyon, they are the destroyers. They destroy, they create and bring about chaos and suffering They bring about all the horrible, terrible things that you might think of when you think of uh, Apocalypse, the Great Unveiling. Abaddon, Apollyon. Is both the bottomless pit and the ruler of the bottomless pit. And this entity, this whatever it is, means destruction. So in other words, the the word itself in Hebrew, Abaddon, or the Greek Apollyon, is a god of destruction and chaos. But that god of destruction and chaos is also simply the name of the black pit, the black mirror, the black vortex that pulls us down. And it is anthropomorphized and represented by an actual king or angel, an angel of death, an angel of destruction. But the pit itself is the destruction. The blackness is the destruction. The blackness is the chaos. The blackness is death. And that's why if you've ever watched a, uh, a movie called The Fifth Element, which I know a lot of you probably like that movie a lot, and there's this big ball of like evil, and the more that it's attacked, the stronger it grows, and it, it, it anticipates the attack, which signifies some level of intelligence. In the darkness, the evil is intelligent to, to, to a large degree. And you see that black goo substance in the fifth element as well. 
And I think it really is when, when you look down at your phone and you see that black mirror, that black screen. And you're pulled down into that abyss. This is a fantastic analogy that we can extract and reference and relate to Revelation in the Bible that shows in further relation to the monolith from a space odyssey what this device really does, what this phone really does. And you may think, well, Ryan, you've talked about phones now for almost 49 minutes. Are you going to get to something else? Well, I am getting to a lot of other things as I'm speaking here. You, we, this, this can't be summed up in a sound bite. Like, okay, phones, monolith. All right, great, move on. What's going on with, uh, you know, this or that? Okay, phones, monolith, great. What's going on? Well, the phone, the reason I'm explaining this to you is because you're being pulled into Abaddon. You're being pulled into the black pit. All of us are with these devices, literally pulling our gaze from the heavens and the stars and the gods down into this black pit of destruction and nothingness where our soul vanishes. And what happens is as we look down, we are pulled into this alternate reality, this digital sub-reality, like Samsung is creating, like Klaus Schwab said, the Great Reset will lead to a fusion of our physical, digital, and biological identity. There will be little, if any, physical left. It will be digital identity mixed with the biological identity, but not the biological physical structures. It will look like you. It will act like you, a synth, a replicant, but it won't be you. It's an invasion of the body snatchers. And this monolith represents the triggering of the opening of the abyss, an opening of that portal. And as the portal opens, other things come out and come into that portal. And that is where we see the technocracy. That is where we see the technological control of every human being stimming and emanating from. And it all goes back to this monolith and this de-evolution of human beings, the de-evolution of our culture. And it's different than, you know, you can make comparisons to like this weird silver monolith found in Utah and a space odyssey, which is just all the rave now on social media. It's so cool to talk about it. And it's, it's, really, it's, it's, it's a really, I mean, that's a cool monolith. It's a cool little device, whatever it is, a little piece of metal. But it, it's way more than that. If you look at what the symbolic meaning of the monolith was in a space odyssey where it triggers this evolution in man or what would become man. And the monoliths today don't do that. The monoliths today that we have, they trigger the opposite. They trigger a de-evolution. They remove our gaze from heaven and they place it into this abyss where even the creators of these devices say that they wouldn't give their children these devices because they're so dangerous. And not only would they not give their children these devices because they are so dangerous, some of these people don't even use the devices themselves because they're so dangerous, but they give them to you. And you use them. I mean, it's like, one of those classic scenes in a movie or a TV show or something where someone's about to be poisoned 
and you know you have to like make a separate drink so it doesn't look suspicious that you're not drinking it if you poison all of it. Or I think they did that in Breaking Bad, but he actually Walter poisoned himself and then went and like vomited or something in the bathroom. But that's what it kind of looks like, doesn't it? Like you're given these devices, but the people that make them they tell you they tell their kids don't touch them. They don't use them, but you can use them. It's it's literally the 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 techno apple, the poisoned apple being bitten. And a realization of, oh, we can have all this. We can, we can be God. That's what the monolith is. The monolith of the phone is the apple. It's eat this apple and you will be like God. Eat this apple and you will see clearly. Eat this apple and you will be one with your true self. It's all a trick. It's a big deception because you already are those things. And this removes you from that. This separates us from source or whatever you want to call it. It removes us from God, separates us from God, and it draws us into Abaddon. It draws us into the abyss. And I know that these are, these are thoughts that might seem a little bit scary or spooky in implication and what they mean. But what I think is scary is ignoring them because we think, oh, I'll just play a game on my phone. The phone is insignificant. No, the phone is the fundamental driving force in the de-evolution of the human species and human civilization. It's not propelling us forward. It's pulling us backwards. It's pulling us from going up into a dark abyss of total annihilation and destruction of all that is good, all that is holy. It is the apple in the garden. It is poison. And we're promised that if we eat it, if we participate, it'll bring us immense knowledge and wealth and all these other things. It'll bring us closer to God, but it separates us from God. It separates us from source. And it allows for the merging of man, the physical, digital, and biological identities with the synthetic reality. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM. There's more after this. Don't go anywhere, and don't forget to email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. Grab the books at thesecretteachings.info. The Technological Elixir is on the website. I'd recommend that for tonight, one of the books I wrote. PDF or physical, and you can subscribe to the archive on the website to get access to all the shows. It supports the network, you, and The Secret Teachings to keep us on air right here five nights a week on The Fringe. FM. listening to the secret teachings to contact the show to share information and your opinion or give recommendations email rdgable at yahoo.com visit the facebook page facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info you could listen to this and that show is now running all day Friday and all day Saturday on History Channel, which is really amazing. Since 
I don't know if there's any other show on TV that's doing that right now, so... I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week and join us to explore the outer limits and quarantine zones of history, symbolism, parapolitics, myth, and more. We don't have insiders or some galactic confederation ambassador, but we do have books, memories, critical thinking skills, and an ability to recognize patterns. And we also know a little bit about a lot. But don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. Find the Fringe.fm Monday through Friday for new episodes of The Secret Teachings or check out TalkStream Live in the Paranormal Radio app. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info to subscribe to the entire show archive so that you can listen, stream, and download every episode after it airs. Subscribers also get access to our montages and digital books www.thesecretteachings.info and The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on The Fringe FM. Don't settle for less. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence, but... I hate this channel. Do you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a practical, balanced, and unique look at the food industry, vaccinations, the theories of disease, and geoengineering, grab a copy of Food Philosophy. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. All three books can be purchased on the website at thesecretteachings.info, where you can read reviews from other authors and radio hosts around the world. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. Why listen to The Fringe FM? We are your number one source for talk radio the mainstream media won't touch. Joe Root brings you everything occult with lighting the void. Ryan Gables shatters paradigms with esoteric knowledge on the secret teachings. Gigi and Cortana explore the inner workings of our reality with Shift Happens. Jess of the Rogue Report brings you years of research to explore the hidden facts behind alternative topics. And myself, Alex Exum of Live Talk, the so-called Joker in the deck. We are the Fringe FM. This is Jess Rogie from the Rogie Report News, and I literally sift through hundreds of articles a week to bring you the best in Fringe News. Check out the Rogie Report News here on the Fringe FM. You can't handle the truth! Join me on a journey where getting lost is the only true destination. Where happiness is an illusion. Here, where the past, present, and future all co- coexist on the same timeline. Welcome to a future where our true re- reflection is only revealed once the screen goes dark. Welcome to the darkness. I hope you find it enlightening. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting. Where the normal and paranormal collide, it's the Fringe FM.
Freedom is the privilege to be right. On The Secret Teachings, we use history and anthropology, magic and esotericism, and even a little bit of nutrition and comedy mixed with some great guests to examine our world and beyond. For 10 years, we've used occultism and symbols to bring you a unique and objective look at the past, present, and future. Join us by tuning in Monday through Friday to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, exclusively new right here on The Fringe FM, www.thesecretteachings.info. I'm Clyde Lewis from Ground Zero Radio, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. This is John B. Wells of Caravan to Midnight, which you can find at caravantomidnight.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Ryan Gable, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio on the Fringe FM. The beast that you saw was and is not and is about to come up out of the abyss and go to destruction, and those who dwell on earth whose name has not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world will wonder when they see the beast. He was and is not and will come. Revelation 17, 8. The beast that comes out of the pit, out of the abyss, is symbolic and representative of destruction, of the waning and strained and wilting human heart and spirit that gets pulled down further and further into destructive tendencies by turning their view away from God. And like the story of Peter walking on the water, doubting Jesus, doubting truth, and he begins to sink into the water, the illusion, and gets absorbed in it. Those of us who follow what truth is, not subjective truth, not religious truth, those that follow the heart and the soul, that know what is right and know what is wrong based on these very simple understandings of consciousness and existence and morality and what we call God otherwise. Those are the ones who have their names written in the book of life because they are alive. They are representative of life. They glow and they shine with life. Those who do not are pulled further and further into that abyss. And so since the beginning of conscious human civilization and perhaps even before, but conscious human civilization in the sense like humans develop the ability to recognize the patterns and to recognize uh, an attempt to understand nature through myth, which was an original form of science, scientific observation. And we look up into the heavens and we try to derive meaning, comets and planets and stars and, and we give names to them, and they represent conscious energy of 
and the signatures and, and, and the, the attributes of gods and goddesses. The most famous, of course, are Roman and Greek, and then some people might know the Egyptian as well. But they all mean and represent the same thing. And we have turned our gaze away from that heavenly sphere. We've turned our gaze away from those things that are beautiful and creative. And we've turned our gaze away from our attempt as as we are given an opportunity in life, our attempt to reconnect with Kether, the crown and the tree of life. And we sink further and further and further without understanding or by conscious choice, which makes us even more unconscious, into Malkuth, the tenth Sephiroth on the Kabbalistic tree of life at the bottom of the tree. And when we do that, we don't necessarily recognize we do that through certain forms of technology like our cell phones. And if you're just joining us, hear me out on this. Out in Utah, some uh, state employees found uh, this silver metallic 10 to 12 foot tall monolith out in the middle of the, these rocks. And the contrast, of, and also just the object itself, but the contrast between the polished metal and the rocks it's reminding a lot of people of a, a space odyssey. And in a space odyssey, the, we, the humans find like three of these monoliths throughout the, the solar system. And this monolith that you see in the movie that triggers this evolution of, of, of humanity uh, into more of a civilized people, which is the, the odyssey, uh, the transformation of humans, is mirrored no pun intended, really it's mirrored in the black mirror of our computers and our phones and our tablets and our screens, our televisions. Because we don't look up to the heavens to find understanding and to find peace and to find protection. We look down. Our gaze has been pulled from up above to down below staring into the black mirror, hoping that something comes out of it that can save us, that can give us some information about what happens next. And the more we focus on that, the more we lose the moment and the more we lose the future, even if we're made somewhat aware of what might happen in the future by staring into that black mirror, scrying into that black mirror. And that black pit, that abyss, that destructive God, Apollyon, or Abaddon, that comes out of the abyss is merely a representation of the darkness and the void that the abyss is. And it comes out of that foam, the, 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 the phone, the tablet, whatever it is that we're staring at physically looking down where, where it is causing uh, these abnormalities in, in physical growth and development. Uh, they call it text neck. And then beyond that, the, the extraction of, of meaning and, and purpose in life as we are absorbed further and further into these things. And this is what Klaus Schwab at the Great uh, Reset, um, or of the Great Reset at the, uh, at the World Economic Forum, is saying that we will use this Great Reset to lead to a fusion of our physical, digital, and biological identity. Well, the physical identity will me- merely be a physical identity. There will not be a physical human in this regard. There will not be a, a, a biological human. 
There will be physical and digital replication and a digital replication of all of the other information that makes you who you are. So the physical and the biological are replicated like some form of replicant, like some form of synth, and the digital will make up the personality of this synth, this digital replica that they called um, for at, in a Samsung paper where they said they'll create a digital reality, a sub-reality where you'll be plugged into a machine that will run everything. Well, we've already experienced that. We're in the middle of that right now. It's not like you're going to wake up tomorrow and someone's going to plug you into a computer at the back of your head like the Matrix. It happens more subtly. It's already happening. Your information's already online. All this information's already being uploaded. The digital replication process is probably close to being completed. And all that information goes into these systems to teach artificial intelligence how to do things through machine learning. And this is just what you see on the surface. I mean, 20 years ago, they had electric cuticles and nano-sized microchips and probably nanobots, things that could be aerosolized and sprayed in the environment to fuse everything or infuse everything with, with, uh, with not just nanobots, but anything in nanoparticulate form, like the nanoparticulates that are sprayed in, in chemical dumps. And this is what Ray Kurzweil wrote in his book. This is what others have written about and talked about. This is, they say this publicly. What, what they're doing. We talked about a lot of this last night, but tonight I'm looking around at, uh, not for something to talk about, but at, at so many different things we could talk about. And how Thanksgiving is, is Thursday here in the States, and I always do a Thanksgiving show, but I thought it was very necessary to, to do another show on, on, on this topic tonight, considering that there's, there's another topic here that goes, I think, parallel with it, that, that I feel that some people may, may think that it's not, it's not relevant, that it's really it's irrelevant to the subject. Like, what does this topic that I'm going to mention to you, what does this have to do with Abaddon? What does it have to do with cell phones and black mirrors and scrying and the abyss? I think it has everything to do with the abyss. I think it has everything. So let me, let me, let me explain what I mean here. So I've said it probably ten times tonight. We look up to the heavens for understanding, but the phones and the devices pull us down. They make us look down. They pull us into the abyss, right? Well, the abyss is merely Abaddon. It's just destruction. It's chaos. It's corruption of the innocent. It's a bottomless pit where nothing is off limits. Nothing is sacred. Everything is unholy. Everything is perverted. Everything is perverse. Everything is grotesque and pale and lifeless. Now, in the physical world, there are very few things that could be considered perhaps more depraved than acts of sacrilege to people that might view those acts as such or essentially destruction of the innocent, uh, destroying those things that are the building blocks for the future, both both in an evolutionary and a, a species, um, cultural, uh, economic, like every system is built on the raising of, of children to understand how to work the systems and understand how to work the world. So they, you know, you get hear that, that phrase like, well, children are the future. Well, of course they are. <laughs> what else would be the future? Today, though, children really aren't the future. 
Um, nothing is the future with people like James Lovelock and Ray Kurzweil and Elon Musk and people like Bill Gates and people like Klaus Schwab. Like These people know that children are not the future. A lot of them are eugenicists. They believe in sterilization. They believe in state hatcheries like Aldous Huxley wrote about. His brother Julian was, was basically working with the global government's eugenics program. Um, United Nations. So if children aren't the future, what, what exactly is the future of humanity? Well, it's further and further pulled into that abyss away from heaven. And it's the replication of humans. It's the replication of animals and plants and things like this to create a synthetic environment, a virtual world run and dominated by machines, according to Samsung, like I've said probably another 10 times tonight. But I'm rehashing this because it all needs to come together in a singular line of thought so it makes sense. It's not broken up with segments. So the next phase of humanity is not the child. It is the machine. It is the robot. It is the artificial intelligence. And since it's all of these things, what happens to the child? Well, there have been practices that have gone on for thousands and thousands of years and advanced and unadvanced civilizations and cultures alike where children were sacrificed or humans were sacrificed to the gods for one reason or another. In certain parts of the world throughout history, there have been child sacrifices because children were um, specifically chosen, not even because of some, like, you could argue the use of the word here, but some barbaric reason, like, oh, kill the kids. Like, there, there was a belief why the child was sacrificed, because the child, and you saw this even in the Bible, why the child was sacrificed, because they are they are the epitome of purity and spirit. They are perhaps closer to spirit than the elderly who are about to die. They are, they are directly from source. They are brand new. So the child is sacrificed as, as the pure white lamb on the altar. And that child that is sacrificed represents a purification. I came across this story from the Associated Press, and it's all over the internet a week ago, and now it's virtually disappeared. Try to fathom the number that I'm about to give you. Like, really prepare for this number because it's going to sound like padded sports stats. Like, there's no way they scored that many points in a game. That's got to be fake. Well, according to the Associated Press, on the 16th of November, as of today... This was on the 16th. As of today, 95,000 claims have been filed, according to an attorney, Paul Moses. Almost 100,000 victims of sexual abuse that took place, not in the Catholic Church, but in Boy Scouts of America. And these are just the claims that have come forward because there's a deadline that's been enacted if you want compensation from the organization. And I'd imagine that a small percentage of this is opportunists. But you're not getting 95,000 opportunists that get together and make up the same exact story. I don't believe in that conspiracy. The figure revealing the scale of alleged abuse committed over decades by scout leaders dwarfs the roughly 11,000 complaints believed to have been filed in recent years against the Catholic Church. That may be true, but... 
complaints against the Catholic Church, lawsuits against the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church has a lot more money and power than the Boy Scouts of America, and they're able to quash, they're able to step on, they're able to cast into the abyss a lot of the problems that priests and others have been responsible for in abusing children. I mean, there are hundreds, thousands of priests just in Pennsylvania alone that came out in a grand jury report, hundreds of them, 300 or so, 301 or something like that, uh, just raping and torturing and beating and abusing and mocking the, the crucifixion with little boys naked with a cross around their neck, taking pictures of their genitals in front of a cross. Like, that was in the grand jury report. It's just horrific. It's, 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 not, it's not like before it's news. It's like the attorney general. It's like the Associated Press. Like, it's there. It's out in the open. And that's just what is acknowledged, meaning that there's more behind the scenes. Okay, so there's 11,000 complaints against the Catholic Church. Fine. I mean, there are millions, millions And this is just between the Boy Scouts of America and the Catholic Church. So, rocked by allegations or accusations of sexual abuse, the Boy Scouts of America filed for bankruptcy, this was back in February, in an effort to block settlement claims from hitting the organization directly and instead funneled them into a compensation fund. Because the organization is worth about a billion dollars. And they want to just put that money into compensating people for, you know, being raped and Whoever else knows what what went on. 5,000 perversion files were uncovered, identifying about as many alleged culprits among scout leadership, including scoutmasters and troop leaders. I mean, this is some organized stuff. And you want, if you're, if you're like a, if you're an abuser, if you're, you're targeting children, you go to those places where the children are. You go to... Sunday school, you go to Boy Scouts of America, you go to Brownies, and Brownies the girl one. You go to, uh, you know, be a teacher, a pediatrician. You go, you go so you can hang out around kids. Like if you're gay and you want to meet a gay person, you probably go to a gay bar or you use like a gay dating app. You don't use a straight dating app if you're trying to meet a gay guy or a gay woman. So you're a pedophile or whatever you are, and you go to kindergarten class, like, the, obviously. 5,000 perversion files. So the Boy Scouts of America might be closing down as a result of this. And then this story comes out of the USA Today, literally two days after the Boy Scouts story broke. More than 170 people charged in Florida child sex trafficking network. A two-year investigation by the Tallahassee Police Department into the horrific sexual exploitation of a teenage girl netted a staggering amount of arrests with more than 170 people charged over recent months. The operation was called Stolen Innocence. Tallahassee Police Chief Lawrence Revel and state and federal officials announced results of Operation Stolen Innocence, a highly secretive investigation into the commercial sex trafficking of the girl, girl in question, who was 13 and 14 when the alleged offenses occurred. And so they dig in to this one case, and they find 170 people that they've been able to charge over these last couple of months based on some form of sexual exploitation. The Tallahassee Police Department called it horrific sexual exploitation. And this is the type of thing that happens. The uh, felony chief 
for the state attorney's office in Florida, Lorena Volreth Buino, said, I know it's hard to believe that something like this happens here in our community, but it does. It's very hard to imagine that. And then you have recently in Ohio, hundreds of people being busted for the exact same thing. You have a Euro News Associated Press back in May, June, May, June of last, uh, the last May, June of this year. German police probed over 30,000 people around that number in a child abuse network. And just like in Florida, all they did was they investigate this one case of a girl and they find thousands of people involved, or at least hundreds of people that have been charged, but far more involved. The probe that was launched in Germany in October of last year, 2019, began after police arrested a man in Bergisch Gladbach near the city of Cologne. Investigators who searched his premises found vast amounts of electronic evidence that revealed the existence of a large pedophile network. Florida, Ohio, Germany, Jimmy Saville in the U.K., uh, everywhere. Everywhere. And you have the cults like Nexium, and then you have like just people that get on Tinder. This story that we talked about a couple months ago about a a girl who helped lure other girls into this cult run by a guy who claimed he was a vampire, and then they you know tortured tortured the girls. And see, those are probably like some of the most depraved things that human beings could do to other human beings or especially of, of any of anything to children. And I, I wanted to play this clip of Blake Lively again. I cut it down to like a minute and a half or so. Blake Lively, the actress, she's working with, um, you know, these child protection-like organizations. There are a lot of them. I think Ashton Kutcher's is called Thorn. And she describes the kind of abuse and, and, and the people that are the victims of the abuse of their infants that are being um, raped and uh, tortured and having a beast-style acts performed upon them while the umbilical cord is still attached. And yes, this has a lot to do with um, the abyss, if you haven't picked that up yet, the overall theme of tonight's show. And then I want to play you a very small clip by Lynn Wood, a Georgia attorney who appeared on a radio show over the weekend, and he's talking a lot about the Supreme Court and uh, stuff like this and politics. But he also said that revelations are continuing to come forward about uh, pedophilia and people that have occupied the White House and satanic worship. So here first is Blake Lively talking about her experience with law enforcement and what they found dealing with children who have been uh, abused. Take a listen to this. I felt like I had to ask, though, and I feel like I have to share it with you guys now. And it's, it, is, um, it is disturbing, and I want to warn you, but I, I feel it's my responsibility to tell you guys because it is the truth, and I believe if we all knew this um, we would dedicate much more of ourselves to, to stopping it. 
Um, so when I when I asked what child pornography entailed, yes, it's it's nude images of of boys and girls uh, under the age of 18. Um, but now, because of high-speed internet, it's also videos very prominently, and uh, videos of kids. And by kids, I mean prepubescent, visibly prepubescent. And uh, they make the distinction because um, because of the internet, and there's so much content. Uh, these pedophiles are desensitized. Because of that, the kids are getting younger, and the content is getting that much more devastating. So when this law enforcement officer told me this, I, I asked him how young are, are the young kids he's seeing, and he told me infants. And I, I have a six-month-old baby. So I said, what does that mean, you know? Like, what, what does an infant mean? And he said, with the umbilical cord still attached. I know, it's so devastating to hear this. With the umbilical cord still attached, they're being raped, they're being tortured, they're being penetrated by animals. That goes on for like eight minutes, she explains, that we've played it on other shows. But I want to play this uh, Georgia attorney, Lynn Wood, talking about satanic worship at the highest levels of government. This was on a, a radio show over the weekend called the Thrive Time Show. I think it was on Saturday. But this has made its rounds on the Internet as well. Again, this is Lynn Wood, an attorney in Georgia. Take a listen to this. This country is going to be shocked when it learns the truth about who's been occupying the Oval Office for some periods of years. They're going to be shocked at the level of pedophilia. They're going to be shocked at what I believe will be a revelation in terms of people who actually engage in satanic worship. Satanic worship, pedophilia, all of these things are the, the, the depraved, decaying, dying elements and, and the fraudulent elements that exist in a, an open and free society in which people want to grow and they want to learn and they want to be at peace and they want to worship and they want to congregate. Problems that exist perceptually, pure, purely perceptually or otherwise are not a result of freedom and liberty and God, etc. It's the abandonment of those things that leads to our, our culture, our society, our civilization, ourselves being drawn into that dark pit, into that abyss. And whether it's the, the highest levels of government or corporations, you're starting to see it more and more and more and more and more now, where it's being acknowledged everywhere that there are organized networks that, for lack of a better word, or perhaps it is the proper word, that are satanic in, in their nature. They want to harm. They want to destroy. That's the key. They want to destroy. They want to see people suffer. And in Hebrew, the word destruction is Abaddon. And it is Abaddon that comes out of the great pit, the bottomless pit in Revelation that pit, that blackness that we stare into with our screens that are leading to a fourth industrial revolution, which is a deindustrializing, but a connecting of the physical, biological, and digital identities into a synthetic sub-reality environment where there is no more life, there is no more happiness, there is nothing. There are promises and broken and empty promises. 
And as the abyss continues to open up and we are drawn away from heaven and we are drawn away from what is above us and we are drawn into that pit, we become those monsters. We become the destruction because we participate and we give it our energy and we give it our attention. So when you become aware of that, you can withdraw your attention and you can stop serving that system and stop serving the beast and you can stop serving Apollyon and all these destructive forces and for lack of a better word or perhaps it is the right word you can start serving God again or whatever it is that you want to use as a classifying term I'm Ryan Gable and this is The Secret Teachings www.thesecretteachings.info rdgable at yahoo.com there's more after this on the Fringe FM don't go anywhere If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info that's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports the secret teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. You could listen to this. And that show is now running all day Friday and all day Saturday on History Channel, which is really amazing. Since I don't know if there's any other show on TV that's doing that right now, so... 
I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week and join us to explore the outer limits and quarantine zones of history, symbolism, parapolitics, myth, and more. We don't have insiders or some galactic confederation ambassador, but we do have books, memories, critical thinking skills, and an ability to recognize patterns. And we also know a little bit about a lot. But don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. Find the Fringe.fm Monday through Friday for new episodes of The Secret Teachings or check out TalkStream Live in the Paranormal Radio app. Visit www.thesecretteachings.info to subscribe to the entire show archive so that you can listen, stream, and download every episode after it airs. Subscribers also get access to our montages and digital books. www.thesecretteachings.info and The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on The Fringe FM. They all say the same thing. They're all like, you know, over the last four years, everything good that happened was because of us. And we would have done more good stuff if it wasn't for those guys. And then they, the Democrats go, oh, we did all the good stuff. <laughs> like you're all working for the same guy. Alex Exum. My name is Alex Exum, and I host live talk here on The Fringe FM. If you're sick of hearing about COVID-19, I invite you to listen to my show, 7 p.m. Pacific, Tuesday nights, for a COVID-free zone. We will not be talking about the C word. We discuss news, society, and culture, but not COVID-19. Go listen to the other fear mongers if you want to hear that nonsense. Want more of The Fringe? Check out thefringe.fm for more information on your favorite shows. Also, don't forget to check out the Fringe mobile app or the other ways you can tune in through the Paranormal Radio app and talk stream live. Where the normal and paranormal collide, it's the Fringe FM. Do you have everything you need to explore the secret teachings? I've got my secret socks on and my secret TV and my secret TV channel. Looks like SpongeBob's ready. Are you? This is Dave Cruz, host of Beyond the Strange, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. But when a long train of abuses, usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object, evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and provide new guards for their future security. Listen to The Secret Teachings five nights a week, Monday through Friday, on The Fringe FM. This is KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Hello, this is Jay Parker from thecenterpath.weebly.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. I just wanted to thank you and tell you what a delight that program was. It was one of the most fun interviews I've had. Hello, I'm Sandra Fecht, counselor in trauma and satanic ritual abuse. You can reach me at Sandra Fecht, F is in Frank, E-C-H-T, dot com. You're listening to Ryan Gable's The Secret Teachings.
You're listening to The Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. A mysterious monolith was found out in Utah, about 10, 12 feet tall, polished metal. Some people think it's an alien artifact. Others are just merely making references to popular culture and Stanley Kubrick's A Space Odyssey. And if you've ever seen that film, you'll know that the obelisk, the monolith represents this transition in human evolution, which creates an evolutionary cycle and advancement very similar to what you saw in the Alien franchise of human beings from ape-like creatures, and humans develop and become civilized. The monolith out in Utah could be very symbolic of what we've seen in 2020 and all of the repercussions indirectly and the direct advancement of technology as a savior, as an elixir of life on planet Earth to save us, to protect us, to guide us from and away from diseases, and crime with precog technology. All of the technological applications that are supposed to build us a better world. And most of these applications, from when we go to the airport to check in, to fly and to travel, to when we decide to order food or we decide to communicate with someone that we need to talk to, texting, emailing, phone call. We, ha- we all have these phones. We all have these, these devices. And if you put your device down on a table or right next to you and you look at it, turn it over on its back, or you just turn the screen off, even if you have a white phone or a gold phone or something like that, the screen itself, this black screen, this black scrying mirror, gives us a glimpse into the future. But as we're consumed in the moment of staring into this black hole, into this vortex, into this abyss, we lose the present, we lose the past, and we lose the future. And all time, everything is reduced to this destructive singularity within the black mirror of the screen. The phone itself, if you have a black phone, literally looks like the black monolith from a space odyssey. I have an old black iPhone, my new one, which is also an iPhone 4, so it's not that new. And yes, I'm serious. I have an iPhone 4. It's white, but the old one I had was like one step below the 4C or E or whatever it is, and it looks like the monolith from a space odyssey. Like I could just sit it there on the table and it would look like the like a miniature monolith these monoliths are not triggering progressive forward moving creative civilized transitions in the human experience they are cultivating a destructive environment we can be promised and you can believe that technology in this regard is making us smarter, making life easier, making things more convenient, 
keeping us protected, keeping us safe. I mean, I can give you a really great example of how none of this is true. If I put some of the notes that I write down on a computer, anybody can access them. But if I write down these notes on a piece of paper and I fold it up and I put it somewhere where I know where it will be, unless there is a fire, and even if there were, you know, was a fire, I still might, you know, the paper still might be saved. No one has access to that. When we have thoughts in the same context, we have thoughts, we think, like just thoughts, like I'm thinking right now. And that's writing down your thoughts on a biological piece of paper. But when you allow for a gateway to be opened up between the external world and your soul by staring into this abyss and the abyss staring back at you and you become what you stare at in this regard. You become this monster. It extracts that identity from you and it pulls you down into that hole, into that pit. And this happens physically with microchips and wires and cellular phones, etc. That begin to read our mind and understand our patterns of behavior. And you have trillions of dollars spent on attempting and implementing to understand and in the process of attempting, actually implementing the understanding of how the body and the brain and how the environment works so that it can be manipulated, so that it can be controlled. And so you run the Human Genome Project and brain mapping initiatives and biogenome projects to map the genetic code, the DNA of everything on planet Earth, and then you replicate it with synthetics. You plug everything into a virtual environment run and dominated by machines, and the transition period to this is through the Internet of Things. The transition period to this is through the cellular phone, the monolith, and the transition period is getting us to carry and accept the technology everywhere we go so that we can't function without it. And if we don't have it, we are obsolete. It is the transitional period of the fusing of our digital, physical, and biological identity where we become digital. The physical and biological remain only in name, only in appearance, And the digital becomes who we are, digital replicants in a virtual sub-reality controlled by machines, according to a Samsung white paper that was revealed a few months ago here in 2020. And the transitional period between organic life and synthetic life is rapidly, as a window, closing, at least for free human beings. For others, they're excited about this. But it's rapidly closing our ability to resist it and to walk out of it without being absorbed into this abyss, this state of destruction. And the Hebrews called the abyss, they called this destructive element um, Abaddon. It means destruction. So destruction took on a personality. It took on a character, it took on an angel of death, it took on a a monstrous demon. 
But the monstrous demon is just a representation of what reaches out of the abyss and what stares back at you and what pulls you into it. We're all being pulled into it. We're all being forced into it. As if we don't have a choice. Because so many people don't question or think what we're talking about tonight on The Secret Teachings. It's just a cell phone. What are you talking about? It's just a black screen. It's not going to be a white screen. It's just a computer. I mean, it's all part of the same structure, part of the same system, removing us from our conscious spiritual state and putting us into an unconscious material state. And from here, we're drugged further and further down, merging with these synthetic environments. And you can see a result of the abandonment of those sacred, holy, spiritual, etc. things. The destruction of the innocent, child abuse, and the torture, and things that we've talked about in the last segment solely tonight. The destruction of beauty, the destruction of order, the destruction of all that is holy. You can call it uh, whatever you want to call it, like in terms of who you might believe or what you might believe is responsible, but this isn't really the point to determine who's responsible. Oh, it's the devil. Oh, it's aliens. Oh, it's demons. There's a time for that. But just simply based on observation, in, in my opinion, just based on the observation of everything we've discussed tonight, there's no question that the myth, that the, the, the symbology, that the, the nature of um, these, these terms, etymologically speaking, uh, like Abaddon and Apollyon, the destroyers that come out of the abyss. The abyss is that bottomless black pit, and that is what we stare into with the technology that has been given to us, promising us, begging us, pleading with us, just do it, it'll make everything better. And I can't help but think this is very similar to the story in the Garden of Eden with Eve and the serpent and the apple. And the serpent tells Eve that she could be like God. The serpent tells Eve that God is holding her back and holding Adam back, and there's a there's a way to get out of it. Eat the apple. And when the apple is consumed, it triggers this desire, this need. When once you have desire, because in the garden, there's, there's no desire, there's no pain, there's no suffering. It's just it's pure bliss. It's everything's provided for. So when you take a bite of the apple, now you feel desire. You feel desire to check your Facebook. You feel desire to communicate without even really communicating consciously, just like I have to like this, I have to respond to this, I have to click on this, I have to heart this, I have to dislike this, I have to report this, I have to block you if I don't like what you're saying. Let me read you Genesis 3, 1 through 24, not the whole thing, but just a little bit of it. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, 
For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And this is the, the fall of man, just like we are in the fall season in some parts of the world. We fall into destruction. The black horse famine comes because if you don't have enough food in the old days, famine comes, you might starve to death in the winter. The pale horse, the rider of death, the winter destroys what remains after the fall. And then Jesus, the white horse, the horse of Buddha, even Muhammad, comes to save mankind. And the red horse is the height of the summer. And this relates to astrology, astronomy. It relates to the changing of the seasons. It relates to the climate. It relates to agriculture primarily. But it also relates to the cyclical nature of the world and of existence and of of creation of life. And when we work within that creative cycle and we become a part of it like witches do, like Wiccans do, like I think is the base of a lot of uh, religions, you call it Christianity, Islam, like Buddhism, anything, like it's you're trying to understand the world. You're trying to understand what it is that people call God. You're becoming more in touch with those sources of divinity. And that serpent comes to you and says, you can have all the things you ever wanted, just like Jesus was tempted by the devil. You, you can have all this, the whole kingdom of the earth. And I think one point that's often overlooked about that story is that Jesus is like, he's the prince of the world, right? He's the son of God. He already, this is all his already. It's all of ours already. The life is already ours. Freedom is already ours. All the, these things are already ours. But then the serpent comes with the apple and says, more could be yours. And what you think you have, you don't have because God took it away. And and ultimately, the the serpent is just testing. And the serpent is a necessary evil in a way. And I guess you could say that these monoliths, the, the technology is also a necessary evil because it separates those who choose to have their life put into the book or have their name put into the book of life and those who choose to sink into the abyss for convenience and utopia and temporary chemical pleasures that don't really derive any meaning or purpose from life except a a temporary physical fix on something that is fleeting to fill a hole inside of them they sink further and further into that dark abyss like ray in star wars didn't even try to resist the darkness just immediately accepted it just like eve in the garden that curiosity of what's beyond, which is where the idea of faith comes from, faith in life, faith in what is good and what is holy. And when those things are perverted, when those things are destroyed, that becomes the, the epitome, it becomes the manifestation of, of gods or of angels or destructive characters, demonic-like entities. I mean, angels are divine too, but destructive entities, like Apollyon and Abaddon, that come out of the abyss, out of the bottomless pit, and, and pull us down. Pull us more into Malkuth as opposed to our rising to Kether on the tree of life, if you want to use that as a reference, or pull us more into the physical and away from the spirit. Pull us down, 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 down. And I, I know that, like, you know, you quote the Bible or you mention, like, see, this this show is really different. I know it is from a lot of other shows because I'm not sticking on like a singular isolated train of thought. But to me, this is a singular train of thought. It just covers, we have a lot of rest stops along the way and we're going to the the same destination, but we need more understanding in order to get there. So we can quote the Bible. We can quote the Quran. We can quote uh, other religious texts 
none on this show tonight, just just the Bible tonight and its relationship with the with the with the abyss and with the bottomless pit in Revelation. We can look at the World Economic Forum. We can look at child abuse. We can look at all these things because they all relate. We can look at the monolith in Utah, which was what started my whole thought process on this tonight. Uh, the monolith in the space odyssey triggers evolution. Um, it is a gateway to a new existence, a new civilization. It is a gateway to a better life. But the monoliths we have are gateways to other worlds into a digital abyss, pulling our glance from above and shifting it downward to the opening of a bottomless pit from where we are then drawn further and further to merge with these synthetic environments and a physical, digital, and biological identification process that is merged and fused with this synthetic reality. And along the way comes the destruction of the beautiful things in the world, the innocence, the order, the holiness, in order to appease the gods that demand the sacrifice, the Moloch's, the Abaddon's, etc., that want the blood of the innocent, the most pure thing. Because they are grotesque and they are fearful and they are, they, they are representations anthropomorphically, physically, of those horrible things that when we become aware, we can overcome it. We become aware, we, we can we can circumvent, we can subvert the control that we otherwise give. Because when the serpent gives you the apple, and when the devil says you can have all this, you already have it all. And, and that's what faith really means. Faith doesn't mean having like this blind belief like the Bible is the word of God. No, the Bible's not the word of God like you think it is. It's not like this true story. Like this is very, very, very simplistic and very vague in general. Faith just means like having faith in life and, and things that are, that are good. Having faith in yourself and others that they'll do the right thing, but not necessarily turning the other cheek if they are violating those sacred laws and there's the, 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 the laws of God or whatever you want to call them. And so you just see a continued proliferation of, of child abuse in the Boy Scouts of America we talked about a little bit. Uh, doctors are telling the Centers for Disease Control people should be warned of the horrible side. This is CNBC News, the horrible side effects of a COVID vaccine, that it won't be, quote, a walk in the park. And it's like we'll come into your house and take your kids if you don't get a vaccine or we'll, you won't be able to go to work. Like, this is beyond 1984, beyond a brave new world. All the things that are happening, the technological applications that are supposed to save us, that are supposed to protect us, it's making us less safe. It's not protecting us. It's making us more like serfs and servants. This is the fall of man, and we're watching it happen in real time. We're watching the fall occur before us, a fall that is bringing us into a black abyss, a void of nothingness, dominated by destruction and chaos that we can, if we are aware, light a candle, illuminate the darkness, and step out of that abyss. And that's what I'm implying and imparting to you here on The Secret Teachings. I'm Ryan Gable. This is the Fringe FM that you're tuned into, The Secret Teachings, five nights a week. Please go to the website, www.thesecretteachings.info you can subscribe to the archive there please go subscribe to support the show 
You get access to the shows, our montages, the archive, which is updated, and my digital books. You can also buy the books separately, like The Technological Elixir or Occult Arcana, which has the origins of Thanksgiving in it, all on the website. Again, www.thesecretteachings.info. If you'd like to contact us directly, rdgable at yahoo.com. Stay safe, stay informed, and we'll talk to you on the next broadcast. Time may be up for tonight's broadcast of The Secret Teachings, but don't worry, you can still catch us Monday through Friday right here exclusively on The Fringe FM. You can also subscribe to the show and montage archive while grabbing my books at thesecretteachings.info. To get in contact with us, you can email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com. Stay tuned to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.